0: And welcome to the Geeky Easy.
1: Pull up a drink, pour yourself a chair, and toss a coin to your Witcher, because we're talking about Star Wars.
0: Again! <laughs>
1: Again, another one. <laughs> Disney loves us.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, we're we're talking about the Witcher today. Yeah, we're going
0: to talk about the Witcher. Um, hi, I'm Beth.
1: I'm Tim. And I'm Ralph.
0: And this is the Geeky Easy, where we drink and we talk about geeky things. Uh, so, Tim... What are we drinking today?
1: Well, today, in honor of The Witcher, uh, I have created... I I can't say that. I did not create the drinks this week. I actually got these drink ideas from a website called The Experience Bar. If you get a chance, check them out. They have a lot of really cool stuff from D&D-style drinks to The Witcher to Star Wars, anything nerdy. TheExperienceBar.com. Anyway, uh, we're going out with a couple of their recipes that... I think I may have accidentally made stronger than they suggested, but that's okay. <laughs> and they are potions from The Witcher. So the one I am currently drinking is called White Honey. It is whiskey, honey, and lemon juice, and cinnamon sticks. And it is very, very sweet.
0: And it's supposed to be the healing potion yep, that's that The, the healing Witcher potion. drinks. Because The Witcher, he drinks these potions. It gives him super Witcher powers. And, yeah, so I have the stamina potion, right? Yep,
1: and that's the Tawny Owl, uh, which is Red Bull. The, the initial mix is Blue Curacao and Grenadine to make a purple color and then vodka mm-hmm. for alcohol. Uh, and then you mix it with Red Bull when you're ready to drink it.
0: Yeah, also I'm drinking a Red Bull at 80 30 at night and uh, just realized I'm going to be up all night. <laughs> I thought about pointing that out.
2: I didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's
0: all good. I, I wanted the stamina potion. I needed it. Yep. Um.
2: I definitely think the crowd favorite though is the, uh, the honey whiskey. Oh yeah. The, the, honey the, the white honey. Yeah. Too.
1: The healing potion is definitely the top of the line. The other two, um, one I, the, I think I made too strong uh, <laughs> is the blizzard. It's <gasps> lemon juice. Uh, Blue Curacao and vodka. And it, mine's mostly vodka, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, but that is close to their recipe. And then the last one is cat. And cat turned out really well, too. It's yeah. a bright green. You get to see it on our Instagram. It is lemon juice, lemonade, rum. And uh, they asked for Midori, but we went with Malone because it's
0: cheaper. It's cheaper.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> we pour.
1: Because we'll, we we'll,
2: we'll get to that later, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we will come back to that. Don't you worry. Uh, so,
0: the um, the cat is actually really good. I like that one a lot. We were sipping on it, um, but it's not one that you can like just drink, drink it's like a sip, take a little sip for every now and then, tasty. anytime you need yeah. to go
1: into a cave, yeah. Um, so, you can see. Oh, so real quick, before we get into this episode, a uh, quick shout out to someone who will never hear it. Um, Billie cool. Eilish, as of today, is the youngest person to be invited to write a song for a James Bond film. Oh! yep. Yeah, she has confirmed that she is writing a song for No Time to Die, which is coming out in a couple months. We will talk about uh, in a future episode, and she she is the youngest
2: person to be able to
1: write a song for one.
2: Heck yeah! Congrats, yeah. Billy. Go, Billy! Uh, so sorry, Adele. <laughs> Out with the old, and with the. New. Oh no! Aww. Everyone, see, the fun, this I is see the pop world. Everyone, right? I see a lot of people
1: mad that really want Lana Del Rey to do one. Um, oh, that would fit really well. It would. She she yeah. would do a good job. She yeah. would do a good job. But I think I honestly think Billy will do uh, an excellent oh, job I'm, with this. I'm excited to
0: especially hear that, especially with how
1: like kind of weird and dark this one's going going to be, because hmm. um, it's kind of like the end of James Bond's career. So right,
2: yeah, and I think Ooh. that we've we've talked uh, before about wanting to do kind of like a spy episode. So yep. maybe maybe that'll be soon to uh, to embark on the latest James Bond film.
1: Yep, keep an eye out for the spies. They're everywhere.
0: We are going to talk about The Witcher. So this is a cool episode. It's one of Tim's favorite franchises, I think.
3: Yes, accidentally.
0: He knows a lot about it and was super stoked when the Netflix series came out. Ralph and I binged the Netflix series very, very quickly, and now we're totally hooked. So we got to talk about it.
1: Yeah, this actually got you guys, in, uh, at least got you, Beth, into the books, didn't Yeah,
0: it? I started listening to The Last Wish. I'm almost through with it. I, I'm listening to the audiobook, um, and I have like two hours left on the audiobook, so... Nice. Uh, and I'm really enjoying it it's it's awesome
1: yes and if if you if you have not been into the Witcher series before like these guys have now is the perfect time to get back into it or get into it for the first time. the community is uh, as alive as it has ever been. Yeah. Steam, the week after the Netflix series dropped, saw a point of a peak of forty eight thousand players online playing The Witcher three at the same time, wow. uh, which is a, a remarkable. Like that number hasn't been seen since the original release date. What oh three gosh. years ago now? Didn't um, you
0: say it was greater than the release date?
1: Yes, actually, I, I, <laughs> I do believe it was. I think it is actually higher than the original <laughs> Steam uh, release turnout was. Um, so it, I mean the community, like I said, if you, you know, if you want to talk to people about it, if you have questions about it, like hey, there are the people out there that are now interested in it or have gotten back into it to be able to be there to talk to you about it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a really thriving community. It was funny on the, um, the track that I'm listening to somebody had commented and they were like, who's here because of the Witcher on Netflix. And I, I had to like it cause I was like, yeah, me, like. You know, um, but I think that a lot of people, like, binge the series, then you have the games, you have the books. There's this whole rich world that's been created that you can really jump into. So... It's a good thing, too, because I think it's going to be another two years before we get the next season. Yes. So you'll have plenty of plenty of media to go through while you're waiting on the next season of The Witcher, because we know you've finished it already.
1: <laughs> yeah, but if you haven't yet, if you haven't watched it yet, and or you started watching and are, are slightly confused, we're here to open the door for you. Yes. So The Witcher... Uh, The series title specifically refers to the main character of Mm -hmm. Geralt of Rivia, the witcher, Um, even though he's not the only witcher, but that's beside the point. Uh, And is this world based on the UK and the Scottish Isles um, in a fantastical light where you follow Geralt, who is a monster hunter and uh, his friends and companions of bards and witches and warriors um, as they go about saving the world uh, somewhat unwittingly.
0: Yeah, so it's this its this high fantasy world, a lot of fairy tale elements in it. They're traveling what is pretty much known as the continent. Um, that's all it's really referred to as. Uh, so we're going to start with going over some of the history of The Witcher. The first Witcher book was written in 1992 by Andrei Sapkowski, And it is called The Sword of Destiny. However, it is recommended that if you're going to start these books, you start with the second one he wrote, which is The Last Wish, which was written in 1993. Um
2: be warned, we have some like Star Wars shenanigans going on up in here. Honestly, oh, yeah. how these even, things are released,
1: <laughs> even even worse. So, um, yes, yeah,
0: Sapkowski wrote these all out of order.
1: <laughs> yeah, he wrote them out of order, and and he, he he considers the beginning of the series in a weird point. So, the order of the books and chronology is The Last Wish, and then Season of Storms, which is the last book he wrote. Yes, and then. The Sword of Destiny, and then The Blood of Elves. Now, you might say The Blood of Elves is the fourth book. However, Subkowski claims that Blood of Elves is the first book in the official Witcher storyline. What? Yep, because that's when the prophecy of Ciri uh, actually begins and comes to fruition.
0: And it's the third book he wrote. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So um, I've actually seen a YouTube video where they were talking about the order that you should read the books in because it's like, it's very interesting, the timeline of this because Season of Storms wasn't written in Polish until 2013.
1: Right. It is very recent.
0: So, and wasn't translated to English till 2018. That's the other thing. So like I said, the book was written in 92 and 93. But The Last wish wasn't actually translated to English until 2007, which is the same time The Witcher games came out. Yep. Uh, So that's more than a decade later, 15 years later.
1: I I will say when when it comes to reading the books, there's a certain thing to be said for reading them whenever you want. Mm -hmm. Um, In particular with uh, The Sword of Destiny and The Season of Storms because uh, The Last Wish sets up Blood of Elves. You can read Blood of Elves after The Last Wish and everything makes sense. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Good to know. Yeah. Uh, I'm
0: actually reading The Last Wish now, so...
1: Yes, so any of the three you could read next, but I would recommend reading uh, Blood of Elves and then read Sword of Destiny somewhere in there when you need Mm -hmm. a break because things get very heavy and sort of destiny and the last wish both have a sort of adventure short story feel to them okay
0: um, yeah i would definitely say that about the last wish for sure
1: yeah the last wish has this like real kind of like gallantry to it of yeah. you know Geralt and dandelion going on these adventures together um,
0: dandelion
1: dandelion if you re- if you go with the audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> uh but and so you kind of you don't really have that feeling with the main storyline mm-hmm. um so sometimes it can be a nice break now that is especially true with season of storms because the lady of the lake which is the last book in chronological order mm-hmm. is very heavy and very dry and it and it brings everything together but it does so in a very just a way that almost doesn't feel like the rest of the series. Yeah. It's a good way to bring the story together, but it to me, it was really hard to get through because it lost a lot of the magic of the Witcher series. Oh,
0: I see. Um, and it's then also the longest book.
1: It is the longest, and you will feel it. <laughs> uh, but then Season of Storms goes back to that sort of sense of adventure. Oh, and cool. so it's kind of nice because it, at least in the first half of, of Lady of the Lake, uh, you're witnessing someone 200 years after everything has happened Mm -hmm. um and everyone's gone or dead um and so you're like witnessing them as history instead of something that's happening as you're reading it um so it's nice to like after all of this sort of like heavy material to get back with season of storms and be back with the characters that you know and love um so you know uh, in, in chronological order there is a way to read them but I, I honestly don't necessarily recommend that you read it in that way right um, for that reason so
0: don't necessarily written read, read them in the order that they were written or even chronological uh,
2: yeah manner. just just pick and choose uh,
0: okay so you uh, can, read them
2: read them however you want follow if, Tim's guide we'll post uh, it online
0: yeah what if Interesting way to write a series, though, to where you could read, it. you could pick up the third book in the series, and kind of have just as much information as the very first one that he wrote. Yep. Um, I will say something that I'm really loving about the Last Wish that if you just watch the Netflix series, you don't get this as much. Um, actually, I would venture to say you don't get it at all. You explain the one part where they they kind of bring this in is. The Last Wish feels like um, subkowski took a bunch of fairy tales and placed Geralt in the fairy tales yes. to explore how these these fairy tales came about. Like, they touch on Beauty and the Beast. They even mention Rumpelstiltskin in a part that I just yes, listened do. to. Yes, they do. Yes. As, as a person about how uh, the princess went against destiny. Um, they he comes
1: back. Uh, <gasps> Rumpelstiltskin, they refer... Uh, because it's based off of... Rumpelstiltskin is based off of Red Caps, uh-huh. which is a mythological creature. And uh, there is another Red Cap later in the series oh, wow. who is alluded to being um, related to other, other bits of story from the other books.
0: Yeah. So that's what I like about this is that it's taking like bits of fairy tale and stories. There's a Beauty and the Beast. There's a Snow White. There's a um, a Pied Piper. Like mm-hmm. there, there's so many different like fairy tales and nursery rhymes that they they just touch upon. And I kind of wonder if that was Sapkowski's intention in the beginning that he kind of like thought oh, about this I, guy I'm that sure was just mentioning around this world, like creating an origin story for our favorite fairy tales and nursery rhymes pretty much, um, while looking at it through a new adult lens. Um, very adult, very in very, a lot of very ways. Very adult, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's great, though. I, so I'm really enjoying that aspect of the book and would highly recommend The the Last Wish, especially. You
1: know, I, uh, one that I'd actually like to delve a little deeper into, because you're right, they don't show it at all in the show, is is the character of Renfree. Mm-hmm. Um, and Renfri is a character in the first episode of the Netflix show, and it, she's actually kind of late. I, if I remember correctly, she doesn't appear until about halfway through The Last Wish. Am I remembering that right?
0: Uh, I feel like it's a little
1: later on. No,
0: she's kind of in the beginning. It is in it's the beginning. in the first, like, Forest chapters, wow.
1: but well, so the part that they the, you you see in the book and you miss in the show is that Renfrey is Snow White, yes, and you get that in the show uh, by a little bit because Stragabors, uh, the wizard's henchman, takes her out into the woods and is supposed to kill her, um, mm-hmm. but instead he sexually assaults her and then she kills him, yes, um, and she meets these seven in the in the books. I I think they are dwarves, yeah, um, they are dwarves, and. A, and uh, uh, One's not a dwarf, and that's very important, right? Because Dopey yeah. wasn't a, in, in the Disney. Oh yeah, a,
0: he's not a dwarf. Yeah,
1: he's a gnome. Um, but and she instead I of I think
0: they do say six dwarfs and a gnome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I think it is he's specifically that. a gnome.
1: And and so instead of the the kind of Disney or even like the Grimm's fairy tale, you know, is she, instead of kind of hiding with them and and going back, she turns them into a gang,
0: a gang of bandits,
1: and it's just the best.
0: It's awesome. Then comes the games.
1: Which I believe you said was in 2007 the first game was released, correct?
0: The first game was released only on PC in 2007. It went into development with CD Projekt Red, Project with a K, because they're a Polish company, just like Andrzej Sapkowski, in 2003. took them four years to develop the game for PC, and it came out on PC in 2007
1: yeah so I actually have a really weird story about this yeah um first off don't don't if you're if you're i know I said now's a good time to jump into the witcher world, maybe don't do it with the first game uh it doesn't hold up really uh, it does not hold up well
3: oh
0: the man. the
1: graphics and the voice acting are subpar okay. um they i mean frankly, like it came out a long time ago now, and right. it was not a very high budget game
0: i mean two thousand seven
1: a Long it's time a long ago time now, ago. yes, especially <laughs> in gaming terms, yeah. Um, so, so you know, maybe skip that one, play the second one. Uh, but so, so kind of a weird story about that. I didn't get into the Wizard series, now it's one of my favorite franchises. Mm-hmm. I didn't get into it until the second game, yeah. But in 2007, I was working at Walmart, yeah, as a cashier, right? Uh, back in high school, and one day, this guy came up, and I was wearing Star Wars pins on my polo, my Walmart polo. I'm a friggin' nerd. And he was like, and he was like, oh yeah, like you, like you like Star Wars. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, like did you play Jedi Outcast? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, cool. I'm buying this game. You should play it. I've heard good things about it. And he put The Witcher on the counter, ah. and I was like, and I remember it because I remember the Wolf's Head the wolf's head medallion was like the coolest looking thing to me and it's i was a cool like it's cool emblem it's it's really neat looking and i was like yeah i don't know probably not but thanks for the suggestion <laughs> and i didn't play it and yeah. i don't know why i i don't know why i never played it but but years later i bought the second the second one game out i bought it i played it i loved it and i looked back and i was like oh my god Oh my god! I could have been into this series
0: for years so much ago, longer since the beginning,
1: and I just never knew. Like, it, it, but it's weird that that memory sticks with me. Yeah. Like, that guy setting the Witcher down on on the on the counter. I will, uh, like, I cannot forget that moment for some reason.
2: He gave you a chance. He gave and you denied tra- you it.
1: You know what it was? It was destiny trying to bring me and the Witcher together, and I said no. And the De- and destiny, destiny said we can
0: always- wait. Destiny always comes <laughs> back for you.
2: Destiny's like, I'm only going to give you one more shot. So <laughs> either you do this. Next time you get it or you die. So, yeah. you know, I so, mean. You know, <laughs> wow,
0: what a, what a dumb way to go. He <laughs> didn't, didn't play a the game. Uh, he's out. Man, what a bummer. Um, well, yeah, but that's actually a thing because even though this was CD Projekt Red's first game that they developed, but it... It came out to huge critical acclaim. Like oh, yeah. Everyone it exploded. thought it was a great game. Atari, which is a name you don't hear very often anymore, um, got involved with the original Witcher game because they were they impressed were, with what they heard. They and They
2: produced it, right? Uh,
0: they helped them produce it for a worldwide release and to actually be released on consoles instead of just on the PC um
2: they gave them money they gave them money yeah they they
0: they encouraged them to spread it for a cut i am sure
2: of course
1: that is you know it's crazy to think about though like we play indie games all the time now Mm -hmm. the first witcher game is an indie game is
0: an indie game absolutely
1: And, and like it was their first game it was low budget they were just doing what they could and it, it really does make that difference. I mean, there are so many games that, you know, don't make it that that it could just be luck. Could you oh, imagine? Totally. Like now we have The Witcher 3, which is one of the, the games of the decade, according to every gaming magazine out there. Oh,
0: yeah. Apparently, like. Everybody loves The Witcher 3. It's an
1: incredible game. It is a marvel of entertainment innovation. Really? Uh, It is the writing, the voice acting, the graphics, the gameplay. Everything about it is just uh, so beyond what we expect from games. It is, uh, I will truly call it a work of art. And I don't think we would... In fact, I know we never would have gotten that if Atari hadn't probably stumbled upon the first Witcher game yeah, and said, wow, this is something we should invest in. So, like, I mean, props to indie developers, props to indie games. Like, you know, they deserve the attention because sometimes they do really freaking cool things. And sometimes they just need a little push.
0: Yeah. They do a lot of really cool things. And then sometimes there are things that they would rather keep hidden. Like, there is a Witcher mobile game. That was created in 2008, I believe.
1: Yeah, it's called The Crimson Trail.
0: <laughs> did you find it?
1: I, I did. I found what I think is a download. I'm not really sure I want to risk it, Leave but I kind of okay, want to. Okay, here's the
0: thing. We have to play it. Yeah, I know. So they created a mobile game. Well, it Which look I can good. only imagine is fantastic.
1: <laughs>
2: you have higher hopes than me. <laughs> she hasn't they- seen the screenshot of this thing yet. <laughs>
0: They also have a Flash game that they created that is a Flash multiplayer game. Do they even make Flash games anymore?
1: <laughs> uh, no self-respecting developer does anymore. <laughs> no, you still get kids making them. Was, mean, sure. was
2: this the one that you were telling me about, Tim, that was like meant for a flip phone?
1: No, the, uh, I was telling you about the Elder Scrolls. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Elder yeah. Scrolls Adventures was a Elder Scroll, Bethesda Elder Scrolls game that came out on on a flip phone and you cannot find anywhere anymore a <laughs> couple of years prior but this this one here doesn't look much better i guess not really no it looks like it should probably have come out on an nes which would have been really cool if it came out at that time um
0: but it was in 2007 so so a little
1: late so. for that that uh that level of graphics. Well, it
0: probably came out like when the first iPhone did. The first iPhone came out in 2007. So that is it was true. With, you know, mobile games. And it's,
1: yeah. Everybody it's, was
0: trying to get a mobile game on the market at that point. It's so
1: funny know? because mobile games are like still having trouble at, uh, picking up speed. It's a hard market. But they've been at it since, since the phone would support it, as you yeah. can see by The Elder Scrolls and The Witcher, apparently. Yeah.
0: Uh, but then we also have Gwent, yes, which I know that you've talked about, Tim. You're actually kind of a fan. Ralph played it once, right, Ralph?
2: I did. Yes, it,
0: it's a it's a online trading card game, and as we know from our Magic episode, Ralph is a big trading card game fan. So
2: I gave it a, I gave it a shot. I liked it. I did. think I think uh, there were some struggles, mostly because it was still in its beta. Pro- right. process it
1: was in the in the early access phase at that point yeah and
0: it was before it, ralph had seen the show i think that if maybe
2: yeah i think that i think for this one like you kind of need more of the lore connection mm-hmm. to really get invested you do or you at least need to have played
1: three so gwent actually started out as a mini game in three uh in, in the witcher three and the game was broken and didn't really make Broken. sense. Yeah, like, there was really only one army that you you should choose to play as. And there were strategies that would just win every game. Like, it wasn't ever meant to be a multiplayer game. It was definitely meant as a mini game. Oh, um, gotcha. But people loved it and was like, oh, this is a really cool concept. Uh, and it had kind of the basis of a good trading card game. And so after The Witcher 3 was finished and after they finished the DLC, they were like, I mean, we could do it, right? We, we could pull this off. And so made their own Hearthstone-esque um, game.
0: Trying to get uh, back into that mobile game game.
1: Yeah well, yeah, well, so the kind of funny thing is that it's actually not out on mobile yet. It is still... It
0: is available for iOS.
1: I thought it was, I thought it was coming out later this year. Oh, look at that. Yep, uh, <laughs> it's available now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so it is now available for mobile if you have an iPhone. If fine. you don't,
3: then whatever.
0: Yeah.
1: But you know, it's it's funny to me because I, before that I was like, "Dear god, why is everything making a trading card game? Like we don't need these." And then they said Gwent. And
0: then and then The Witcher came and out I was with a like, trading card game and you're like, well. Okay, fine.
1: <laughs> I'll play what does
0: it. "Gwent" mean? Does "Gwent" mean anything? Nothing.
1: It it doesn't mean anything. No.
0: Okay. Doesn't it
1: It's just the name stand of a game.
0: For Geralt, Witcher,
1: uh. <laughs> everything
0: new today? Like
1: uh, No, I don't. <laughs> I don't believe so. I think that would be an excellent newspaper, though.
0: <laughs> we have Gwent, but are we going to have any more Witcher games coming up? Or...
1: You know, that that's really hard to say, actually. Uh, so The Witcher 3 is supposedly the la- last Witcher game. Really? Um, yep. CD Projekt Red really wanted to do other things. Okay. Um, they wanted to move away from The Witcher. That's fair. And Geralt's story kind of really comes to an end um, okay. in, in 3. But... They released uh, two years later. They released this uh, thank you video of updated animations using their Red Engine. Right, uh, three used their Red Engine three, and then mm. they released this video using the Red Engine four. Oh, Interesting okay. thing um, of Geralt breaking the fourth wall and talking to the players oh, um, cool. as he walks into a tavern, and inside the tavern is so it's all mostly just
2: grunting. Yeah, yeah, he's just. Mm.
1: <laughs> but you know, he does. He he talks about, and and it kind of waits you to believe he's talking to Roach for a minute. He's talking about the adventures that he, he's had, and and how far they've come. And he walks into a bar, and every every main character is in there. And uh, he he ends it by saying, um, "So thank you, and and here's to you." And they all raise their glasses to the player.
0: Oh, um, that's really.
1: Really it, it was sweet. a very really yeah it was it was a very sweet moment especially from this company who you yeah. know came from very little and the witcher brought them all way, and and i think they do have the players to thank a lot for that sure. um as much as we have them to thank for great content right um so it was a nice nod but it came out a weird amount of time after the game was yeah. done um and then they announced um their new game cyberpunk 2099 which looks excellent
0: oh sounds cool sounds like something i'd be into
1: yeah and as a quick aside it's the first game that's going to have a non-binary character creator Uh, most games allow you to choose from a male or a female form Uh, cyberpunk 2099 is actually going to give you an amorphous model um, that you then choose the shape, the the sex, uh, the gender, everything about it. You are going to start from scratch. And you can make it cool. male, you can make it female, you can make it non-binary. It doesn't matter. This is your character. That's really uh, neat. Yeah, and so, so they're really carrying forward with this hardcore RPG element of yeah. the characters, what you want them to be, um, which is really neat coming from a game where you play a character that's already written. Right. So that's very interesting. Oh,
0: that'd be cool.
1: And so this is kind of their delve away from uh, the Witcher series. Mm -hmm. But they did announce that in the next year, they're going to announce another high fantasy game. Okay. Uh, they They haven't confirmed or denied whether it's in the Witcher series, but they did just sign a new deal with Sapkowski. Because they had had a bit of conflict in the last couple of years because he wasn't sure how he felt about Gwent
3: oh, coming okay. out because yeah. they
1: CD Projekt Red was kind of writing a lot of new lore.
2: He was oh. kind of pissed that there was only one strategy to win. Yes, just exactly. like the rest of us. <laughs> yes.
1: So, but but with the new game, each card introduces more backstory and lore sure. to the universe that Subkowski wasn't always involved with, and he didn't like that. Right. Uh, but they've signed a new deal with him to be able to work together in the upcoming years. Oh. Now, one could. I hypothesize that that's just because of just because Gwent continuing
0: ex- expand Gwent, right?
1: But if you've played Gwent, you can see that it's already covered most of the lore, right? Because the the cards already have a massive expanse. Uh, I don't think there's that much more that they could write.
0: So what you're hoping for is that this new deal is going to involve some sort of Witcher universe. Game.
1: Yes, a new Witcher universe game. Uh, partially because there's a a Gwyn side game with a story RPG mm-hmm. element called Thronebreaker, oh. uh, called The Witcher Tales. Um uh, okay. The Witcher Tales Thronebreaker. So there's gonna, I think we're gonna see more of that. But I do think we are going to see another full Witcher game about a character who I can't say without spoiling three. Okay. So. Uh, that is where we are going to end that point, but I don't think we've seen the end of The Witcher. I think if you want to awesome. get into catch-up now, uh, you're not going to be disappointed by a lack of material coming out in the future.
0: Let me ask you this. Is it worth playing The Witcher 1 and 2?
1: It, I don't think it's worth playing 1. The game okay. doesn't hold up well. I think it is worth playing 2 if you are in for a challenge. 2 is a very difficult Grindy game, um, mainly. Be I, I, maybe "grindy" isn't the correct word, but you have to, you do have to grind for materials okay. because, much like we had our potions tonight, mm-hmm. the potions are a key element of two. Because Geralt, and this is something that you see in the show, you see in the in the um, in the books, mm-hmm. he is really good at what he does, but sure. he's not a superhuman,
0: right? And no.
1: two hammers that home because these are monsters that are. Vastly uh, overpowering him, and you have to use everything at your disposal to be able to beat them. You need
0: alchemy to help you level up. Yes, if
1: you go into anything, anything without a potion, you're not winning.
0: Gotcha interesting
1: yeah and it is okay if you if you don't want to uh play the first two they're long games they're hard games uh three does offer you a story recap of what has happened in the last two it is a good point to go ahead and jump in it is a pretty unique story that is self-encapsulated nice. um so even if you're just like ah, i don't really want to play the first two you're still gonna get a great experience
0: mainstream with the Netflix series because everybody has Netflix right
1: Yep, and everyone was really excited when it came out
0: yeah um the thing is I was really excited when it came out and I actually knew nothing about The Witcher uh I other than the name and I knew it was like a fantasy game that was pretty much all I knew about it um, I don't even think that I knew it was books at first until you told me.
2: That's fair. Um, I, th- I think it helped as far as the main character of the Witcher series goes, too. <laughs> like, you literally have Superman starring oh all yeah. Oh yeah, Henry
0: Cavill. Henry Cavill makes an absolute perfect Witcher.
2: What a monster
1: of a man. He's oh my just God. ginormous. It, it's crazy to I see. I
0: remember him watching that. the first episode or second, and I think you were there, and I was like, Henry Cavill is massive. I think it was at one point where he's standing next to Yaskir, and I'm like, this guy is huge.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You want to talk about a a power couple? He was dating an MMA fighter. She is the actress who was in Deadpool. um, The first Deadpool. And the
0: Mandalorian. And
1: the Mandalorian is Cara Dune. Yeah. she's,
0: her name is Gina Joy Carano.
1: Yep. And if you see pictures of them from when they were together, it's like the bastions of muscle. Like, they I, are the dream insane.
0: team realized.
1: Uh, but but you know he really is just the perfect casting. He's for now Geralt. dating
0: a stunt woman, by the way. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah.
1: that, that <laughs> makes <laughs> sense. But
2: he's not just like the perfect because of the looks, but like he actually gravitated towards the series, right?
0: Well, yeah, he's actually a nerd. He played a massive the massive gamer. Se- yeah, he played the Witcher series.
1: He's beaten the game, the, The Witcher 3 specifically, in its entirety five times. That's uh,
3: insane. Yeah,
1: yeah, it is. And uh, if you're listening to this, you might think, "Oh, beat a game 5 times or whatever." I you know, I played checkers 8 times in a day. No, <laughs> it's not the same. The Witcher 3 is a 110-hour uh, game. Like God, it's a massive that's a game. Lot. Uh if you want to actually do everything and he claims that he did and frankly, given his portrayal of Geralt, I believe it. Absolutely. Um, it, it is perfect. He's
0: he is a flawless Geralt. He is perfect. And how how many different ways can a human say, Uh mm. mm. oh. how many how many different ways can you grunt? Like
1: But he does it. It's the combination of the eyebrows because even as Superman, I always was like, Man, he's got some crazy eyebrows. Yeah. Uh he's he's very expressive in the face. And he you're right, he he he's got that mm. down <laughs> to an art. And it's such a, a prominent feature in the game. Yeah. Um, because it's always an available response. You have like nice girl. Uh, me and Gerald and and it's it's just like a constant so like I it was a necessity for them to have there and he nails it. He
0: nails it every single time.
1: It's so cool. And, and you know, I, I had a lot of doubts about the show. Really? Um, I did, but because it's kind of like when they said they were making a new Star Wars trilogy. Sure. I was worried because it's something that I love. And I'm like, wow, I'm going to build up the hype too much. I feel that. Um, and they're not going to do what I think they should with it. I'm not going to like it. Um, I can honestly say that like that. Is just not true for The Witcher. Yeah, uh, They did the games and the books justice in a way that yeah. I wouldn't have expected from anyone, no matter the budget.
0: Yeah. Reading The Last Wish, um, I am ridiculously impressed as to how true they stayed to the book. Down to certain lines that are exactly the same. I'm listening to the book and I'm like... I've seen this scene like I it, word for word, pretty much it's the same. Um, and they do change some things so that it fits the narrative better, um, which I'm fine with, uh, especially because we get more Yaskier earlier. Yes. Uh, yeah, you get to see more in Dandelion month. and, and yeah.
2: in the show. Just so everyone knows, Yaskier is the same. As dandelion, yeah, <laughs> yes, they are the same so character. So
0: here's a fun fact: We'll go down this little rabbit hole really fast, I promise. Um, so Yaskier, translated directly from Polish, because remember our author is Polish, uh, means buttercup in English. Yaskier is buttercup, um, and instead of saying buttercup in English, they decided to go with dandelion because it's still a yellow weed-like flower. Uh, so that's why there's the difference in the show and the games in the books where he's referred to as Dandelion or Dandelion in the books, <laughs> so, where the so, audiobook. Strange. So two
2: names, but one bard.
0: But one bard. He's the same bard and they didn't just completely change it because they thought Dandelion was silly. It's, be- it's actually has a reason to be Yaskier.
1: Since we're on the topic of Dandelion, I want to talk about something that a lot of viewers had uh, either a problem with or were confused by with the first season of the Netflix Witcher. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: that's the passage of time.
0: Right. So,
1: So a very prominent feature of this is that there are multiple timelines happening uh concurrently on screen right and you see at one point there's there's three you're watching at different times
0: well and i would not have known this if i didn't have tim watching the first couple of episodes (laughs) with me and he was like
1: obnoxiously pointing things out
0: yeah well i didn't find it obnoxious because the background yeah because the background was helpful um especially because I think it's probably episode three or four that you would very clearly see they they we're put on them different together timelines. Yeah. Um, but Tim immediately told told us Ralph and I that he was like, "Oh yeah, I see they're on different timelines here." And I was like, "Oh okay, great." But yeah, um, but yeah it is. It would be very confusing if you just started watching it and had no concept of the games or the books or anything.
1: Yeah, it definitely it definitely would be. And in just the some of it's the sheer expanse, Mm -hmm. because, you know, people had a hard time understanding that there were uh, nine years in between episodes one and two of Star Wars. Right. right? Yeah. yeah, Uh, yeah. The first season of The Witcher takes place over the course of 65 years, Um, the earliest time being seeing Unifer as -hmm. a child. And the most recent, uh, being the Battle of Sodden, uh, which, which is, is at the, the end of the series, last the season. Episode. And
0: by the way, spoiler alerts ahead.
1: Yes. Uh yes, that, that is uh, if you haven't definite...
0: finished the series and you want to remain surprised, listen to this later, please.
1: Yeah. So uh, at the end of the series season, all of the timelines come together, and you have Geralt meet Siri. But before that, they're entirely split up. Even between certain episodes, uh, there's a massive time jump. So there are uh, multiple years. That happened in between episodes six and seven. Mm-hmm. Um, episode six ending with Geralt and Yennefer getting together and right. uh, a, a sex scene between them. Right. And then in the next episode, the next scene, you have uh, them, Yaskier uh, and Geralt seeing Yennefer in a bar. And yeah,
0: and and years have passed, right? Because years have they're, passed. They're like, oh man, she's here, you know.
1: And Yaskir especially has a very clear best friend defensive position against absolutely. her, absolutely, um, because she hurt Gerald, yeah, um, in in a very profound way. And uh, this was very hard for a lot of people to pick up on. This is in part, uh, uh, I think, for two reasons: a, because uh, it, you know, it, a lot of times in media, if it's not immediately shown to you a lot of people tend to watch it absently right um but also because and a lot of people point this out <laughs> uh Geralt and Yennefer are um, semi-immortal
0: right they're kind of ageless I mean Yennefer has sorcery on her side that keeps her pretty much young forever and Geralt's a mutant Geralt's a mutant keeps him young and for so a very, very they long look time. young yeah but
1: Yaskir's not Yaskir is right. immortal, and he doesn't age
0: Okay, but here's the thing. So when I watched those episodes, mm-hmm. I knew that time had passed. You but did? But I just inferred that maybe it was a year or two.
2: Right, and it, and it is longer than that. It, yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to kind of like throw in a critique of I don't think they do a very good job in the Netflix series of ex, of helping people that are not familiar.
0: Like honestly, they do not. sometimes you – I hate it when people handhold their audience – Sometimes you do need to handhold your audience. You need to have
1: an Olaf. Maybe
0: you could have, yeah, maybe you could say you're older now or 10 years later, uh, you know, or however Some snarky comment yeah. that,
1: that gives it away. Yeah, and I think um, so part of the original plan for that in, in the games, the way they show the aging of Dandelion mm-hmm. is facial hair and clothing. Um. so okay. he starts to have a receding hairline so he
0: really starts
1: wearing a hat Um. that's something you see in the in in between games so in the series i read about this earlier today uh they made the hat his floppy purple hat because i know i, sh- I showed you the costume hat. it's yeah, an yeah, awesome yeah. costume uh they made the hat they stuck it on the actor, and nobody could take it seriously. Like it was That's just too fair. funny, and no, so they yeah. removed it, kind of like they removed Hawkeye's helmet from the Avengers films. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Probably
2: so because the actor has a baby face, and there's no he way he does to make have him a baby. Aging. He has a yeah. massive
1: baby face. Um, That's
0: why it'd be a great cosplay for Ralph. Right? Yes.
1: I have yes, the ultimate the
2: baby face. Yep. <laughs>
1: Uh, but it, it does make it hard to show that aging, and and I understand like why they had the troubles that they did, but like that is something that needed to happen, and they mm-hmm. claim are going to fix in season two. Oh,
0: okay, they're um, going to show that passage. Season two, time you are going better. to see an
1: older yes mm-hmm. Are they going to? So
2: they're going to
0: just change
1: actors? <laughs> I don't I don't think they're going to change actors. Okay, good.
0: I- The Saskier,
1: yeah, I think they're probably going to. If I had to guess, they're probably going to settle his jaw with makeup and add a little bit of facial hair.
0: Okay, all right, all right. Because
1: I think the jawline, because he's got that like high cheeks and jaw. Mm -hmm. I think if they lowered his jaw, some it would make him look older.
0: Something I noticed about the books and the movie is this overarching theme of destiny. If something is part of your destiny, it will be intertwined with you. It will find you no matter what. No
1: matter how hard you fight it,
0: right? And I find that I find that really interesting uh, because definitely okay. We already said spoilers ahead. Um, especially getting closer to the end of the series, this idea of destiny is just downright frustrating. How hard it's trying to bring these people together and they keep messing You mean, you mean messing Geralt it up. and Geralt the princess? and Ciri, yeah, yeah. those well, are the two and, that it's really trying to And Geralt really and as well. well. yeah, sure. Uh,
1: Destiny tries to bring them, uh, uh, them together as well, and in both situations, the, the human element is what messes it up.
0: Yeah, it's always humans trying to intervene, trying to make it right, Um and it puts more distance between where they're actually supposed to end up and us, As the viewer, uh, with this overarching view, sees that, and it's so frustrating. I told Tim how we were watching it with another friend of ours, Jonas, um, and he had already seen the last episode, and I hadn't. And I was like, why don't you just stay at the house, Siri? Like, why? Why are you running? Are they going to meet up? This is killing me. I'm dying. And he was like, Beth. Will you just chill? Just keep
1: watching. Your questions will be answered.
0: Everything will be answered. And it was. And it was great. But, I mean, for that moment, it's so frustrating. And, like, what a good plot device to, like, throw Destiny in there. Um, And you understanding the Destiny. You as the viewer understanding Destiny and what it is and where these characters are. Uh, I just think that's really cool. I like that as a plot device um
2: it's i mean it's a message it's as old as like time basically because it's it's a situational irony yes constantly like it's just happenstance like this happens right before this happens kind of kind of situation
1: well and here's my favorite part about it. it's a double layer of of irony right because you've got one character, he you expect to act in a certain way mm-hmm. uh, with Siri, yeah. who, you know, is fighting against Destiny on accident because she's trying to run survive. off on her own and survive. <laughs> and it just <laughs> happens to be against what Destiny had in mind. Mm-hmm. But then there's Geralt. And this is where the double layer is. Yeah. Because Geralt is, it's so funny to me that he's, it's always his human element that removes him from Destiny. Right. Because everyone around him tells him that they don't have emotion and that they don't act human. They aren't human. Um. Witchers which is right. supposed yeah. to
0: not be human or have feel human emotion, but right. It, you're right. It is the human part of him that makes him act so impulsively yep. and run away too soon, and it's yep. always his emotion intervening with destiny. Exactly.
1: There's a whole conversation with Yennefer where uh, he reveals to her that he has a child of surprise, right? And his reason for not claiming her is that he knows he feels that he will not be a good father. Yeah that is, he'll
0: mess her up.
1: Right, which is a very human thing. And if you were a cold heartless monster of a monster hunter, you right. wouldn't you wouldn't do that. No,
3: you wouldn't and so
1: there's this double layer of irony of like yes, everyone else thinks this, but queerly that's not how this character is. So there's just I mean there's so much that goes on with this motif of destiny um which culminates in that final line uh of of the season when Geralt says uh he holds Ciri and he says Um, destiny will all people bound by destiny will always find their way back to each other. And she looks up at him and says, who's Yennefer. Yennefer. And like, to me though, like that sums up so much of the, the series as a whole that like, I mean, I I cannot imagine a better way to end the season.
2: As destiny unfolds it. I I think it inevitably leads us back to this wonderful thing that we call a Patreon page. Flawless segue, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> Flawless. <laughs> Thank you. I've, I really worked on this one. No, but but seriously, um, if you guys are into what we're doing, if you want to support us, we have a Patreon page that we just uh, actually submitted. And uh, Beth, tell us where we can find this.
0: Yeah, so it's going to be at patreon.com forward slash Z. And that is all one word, geek easy. Um, and you may have noticed the title of this episode is Toss a Coin to Your Podcast. What we're going to have for you on Patreon, if you donate in any capacity, uh, Ralph is actually going to record a cover of Toss a Coin to Your Witcher. Uh, and we are going to put that on Patreon for you guys.
2: And in case you haven't heard it before, it is actually part of the Netflix series The Witcher series.
0: And a straight jam. It's, it's is. a great song. It's, it's a
2: really good song. I'm I'm happy to record it. I hope you guys enjoy it. And
1: uh yeah. In addition to that, you'll get access to some extra content such as bloopers and outtakes. Yeah. Uh, potentially, if we you know we if we find any good articles or uh, notes that we want to pass on, we can put them on there. We might even have special rants from yours truly about certain topics <laughs> um, that are only available to those who uh, have have pitched in to be a part of this journey with us.
0: Yeah, so thank you for coming on this journey with us talking about The Witcher. Um, We had a really good time. If you have any thoughts or questions or concerns, definitely reach out to us. Uh, You can find us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at TheGeekEasyCast, and that's all one word. Um, And you can reach us by email, uh, TheGeekEasyCast at gmail.com. And then on Facebook as the Geek Easy, um, we would love to hear from you guys.
1: And as a personal treat, since it is an, a Witcher episode, if you email us with a challenge to me, Tim, and Gwent, I will not only destroy you, <laughs> I will also buy you a free
2: card pack. So,
0: oh dang, that's 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 a big promise.
2: Yeah, it is. All right, and cool. I, I will own up to it. Do it. The challenge is thrown Come talk in. talk to us. Get in the ring. The goblet and- is down. <laughs>